his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Thanks for joining me on Special Edition. I'm Paula Degnan. This weekend, a hygiene drive to help homeless vets will be underway. But don't worry, if you're hearing about it on Special Edition, and it may have already happened, we have ways where you can help the homeless vets, and Mike Price is here to tell us how. We're also going to hear from Jennifer Spittler. She is the Regional Program Outreach Coordinator with the Northeast Pennsylvania Region, Pennsylvania Department of Military and Veterans Affairs. The VA could use some volunteers, and Jen has the details. We're also going to learn about the Gift of Life donor program. It includes Northeast Pennsylvania, which set a new record in 2021. It coordinated 705 organ donors, leading to 1,732 life-saving transplants. That was the most in the country. We're going to meet a woman named Patty Maletta. She's going to share her experience when she received her heart transplant. But first, we'll start off by introducing you to the new CEO, Richard Haz. He joins us with program information. Rick, welcome. Nice to have you here. And I'd like to be able to get to know our listeners here in Northeast Pennsylvania. So you have an opportunity to let them know about all the great work that the Gift of Life PA program is doing. First of all, can you tell us just the background of the organization and exactly what happens there? Sure. Thanks, Paula, for having us. Uh, it's, a, it's such a nice opportunity to, to talk to, to folks about organ and tissue donation. So Gift of Life Donor Program uh, is the nonprofit donor program that really is the conduit between hospitals and transplant centers for patients who are awaiting transplantation. Uh, we coordinate over 700 organ donors every year, providing uh, almost 1,700 transplantable organs uh, back to the community. Uh, we also coordinate uh, other types of donations, such as corneas, uh, to give the gift of sight, uh, and bone that can uh, heal uh, so many people. Up to 75 people can be uh, helped uh, with one uh, donation of uh, someone's bone. Real nice opportunity to be here to talk about the need uh, for transplantable organs uh, in this area. And when we talk about this area, the Gift of Life donor program is actually headquartered in Philadelphia, and you serve what part then? Yeah, so our headquarters are located in Philadelphia, but we 
uh, cover eastern Pennsylvania, kind of State College East, uh, southern uh, New Jersey, and the state of Delaware. And we have staff uh, that live throughout the state to work with our hospital partners. So uh, we have staff who uh, live there up in Barron uh, and Lackawanna County to be able to respond to the hospitals uh, in that area when there's a potential donor. And I should also begin today by wishing you congratulations because you just got a new title at the beginning of the year. Yes, uh, I was uh, recently named uh, the president and CEO of Gift of Life. I've been with Gift of Life donor program for 29 years, uh, first starting as a transplant coordinator where I would be counseling families about that opportunity donation. And then since 1999, I've really uh, led our clinical operations. Uh, and I'm now so proud to, to serve uh, as the uh, second president, uh, succeeding uh, Howard Nathan, who uh, led this organization uh, for so many years and uh, is really a, a huge mentor of mine and, and has had such an impact on donation and transplantation, really not just in our area, but uh, across the country and across the world. So it's a, an incredible honor for me, and uh, I look forward to uh, the stewardship of the board. Well, I'm very pleased to have you here, and congratulations on that. So now we're really going to put you to the test. When we're when we're talking about the Gift of Life donor program, of course, the folks here in Northeast Pennsylvania, we're very familiar with it. There are a lot of activities that surround it throughout the year. So first of all, I know first and foremost, one of the things that you want to make sure that people know is how they can go about being a donor. So let's address that right up front. How does that happen? Yeah, there's, uh, it, it's really easy. Um, you can, when you're getting your driver's license, uh, indicate that you want the organ donor designation on your uh, driver's license when you renew. Uh, that's uh, one of the easiest ways. Uh, the other is to go to our website, donors1.org. So that's donors, the number one, uh, .org. Uh, and you can go on to register. It takes only about 30 seconds. And by registering, you know, that one organ donor can help them save the lives of eight people. Uh, and with tissue donation, can help enhance the lives of over 100. So that one simple action uh, that you take, takes 30 seconds, can have such a tremendous impact. And again, when we're talking about organ donations, you mentioned in the very beginning that it's not just heart, liver. There are so many other that can be donated that people may not even realize. Can you give us an example of some of those? Uh, Yeah, sure. From even from uh, my own experience, I ended up playing basketball one time uh, over the age of 40, which uh, something that sometimes you maybe you shouldn't be doing. And I twisted my knee and tore my ACL uh, and ended up having it repaired uh, with uh, donated donor tissue. And so donated tissue is used in orthopedic procedures, spine stabilization, periodontic work, uh, every day at every hospital in this area. You know, that one donor uh, gave me my ability back. Uh, and something that I'm uh, forever grateful. I don't think a lot of people think about skin and eyes. Uh, skin right now uh, is used for burn victims. Uh, obviously, this is a life-saving procedure. When uh, someone has extreme amount of burn, they need that protective covering to help in their healing. 
uh, and donated skin really can have a huge impact uh, on their survival. And then corneas, that outer layer of the eye can become clouded. And when that happens, if you have a cornea transplant, you have almost a 98% restoration of sight. So you go from being blind one day to the next day being able to. So uh, it's an amazing procedure, it's an amazing gift. And I don't think a lot of people also understand as you mentioned, you go online when you uh, get your driver's license, you can be designated as an organ donor. But a lot of people question, am I able to decide what I might want to donate? Is it everything? Um, how does all that work? Yeah, I mean, the most important thing, you know, is, is making that registration. There's information that comes with your driver's license to really talk about the different uh, gifts. Uh, you can go online uh, when you register uh, through DonorsOne.org and also be able to indicate which gifts you'd like uh, to be able to give. Uh, the driver's license is the same indication that you want to be an organ donor, a, a gift of all of But when you go through the DonorsOne.org, uh, you're able to connect to the website. Also, it's not just um, donations that the Gift of Life program is involved in. You also are involved in education and research studies? You know, research has really been the foundation uh, of transplantation. So we are involved in different uh, aspects of research uh, to help really advance the science of donation and transplantation. You know, a few years back, we uh, partnered with some of the researchers at the University of Pennsylvania uh, that were looking at hepatitis C and knowing that there were a number of potential donors uh, who had hepatitis C. And when that happened, we were typically transplanting those organs into uh, candidates who also had hepatitis C. So we weren't transmitting them. Uh, But we quickly learned that we ran out of candidates, which was a good thing, but we had more and more organ donors with hepatitis C. And through some research uh, that was conducted, uh, Penn was able to show that you could actually safely transplant hepatitis C organs into patients who were otherwise not infected, and you would transmit hepatitis C, but uh, you're able to treat that in the recipient easily with some of the new drugs for hepatitis C and able to cure that hepatitis C in the recipient. So it allowed those organs that otherwise would not have utilized. One of the other things that I would like you to touch on is so many people, when they think about transplants, they think of it as, well, I'm never going to be able to do this again or that again. And one of those areas is pregnancy. But that is now, again, something that the gift of life is talking about because you've been involved in studies for, what, 30 years with transplants and pregnancy? Yes. um, Also uh, housed here at the the Gift of Life is the uh, Transplant Pregnancy International. And it's a registry of transplant patients who have had uh, children after uh, receiving their transplant. And it follows uh, the outcomes uh, of of the of those pregnancies of those first, and uh, trying to look at the complications uh, from immunosuppressive medications and what they may complications that they bring uh, with pregnancy. We've been able to be able to show uh, through scientific studies uh, that it's safe to have children after transplant and to know what drug regimens uh, are the best for patients. And so, 
uh, this registry is a huge resource uh, to clinicians, not only in the United States, but across the world, uh, to give good advice uh, to transplant recipients uh, when they're thinking about, you know, starting a family. Rick, it must be very difficult to deal with the amount sometimes of people that need transplants and the lack of people who are donors or who might be available to give that transplant. So how does that happen? Because again, you're, you're dealing with families, you're dealing with patients and you're dealing with that. I'm sorry, but we just don't have that right now. What does the gift of life program do in that instance? How does, how do they deal with all that? So our work, Paul, is really never done. Right now, uh, in the United States, there's 100,000 patients waiting. Uh, In our local area, uh, there's 5,000, and that that area being eastern PA, south Jersey, Delaware. And and if you just look in the the, uh, northeast, there's 173 people right now currently on our waiting. And, you know, we have a shortage of donors, Uh, even though we were the most successful program in the United States and have been the last 14 years, transplanted last year roughly 17 organs. That falls well short of that 5,000 in our areas that are in need. Uh, so we have to continue to look at ways that we can uh, increase donation and increase the donor registrations of the driver's license. Because of that, you know, uh, one person in Pennsylvania dies every 18 hours. So our goal is to make that zero. Uh, and to do that, only 47% of the people who are uh, drivers uh, are registered. And we know other states across the United States that driver's license registration can be up uh, to almost 70, 80%. And so uh, we want to make sure that people sign up and register because it's easier to make the decision now uh, than for your family to have to make it uh, after that you've been admitted to the hospital able to survive. One of the other things, of course, is fundraising. And I know you have a big celebration coming up, the 25th anniversary of the Donor Dash, and that's coming up in April. Tell us about some of the other fundraising efforts that our listeners might be able to get involved in. Sure. The the Donor Dash is really a celebration, really a donation and transplantation where uh, we're able to showcase uh, the success of transplantation by inviting you know, the community uh, to be with us to raise awareness about donation, but also funds for uh, initiatives, particularly surrounding education uh, and research uh, in different donations. But it also allows us to showcase uh, donor family, the, the amount of commitment and heroes that we have uh, in the community uh, of neighbors uh, helping neighbors. That showcase events is really a a great way for transplant recipients, donor families, as well as hospital personnel who are so vital and key to the donation process uh, to really understand the true meaning uh, of donation to transplant. We also raise funds for our uh, transplant house. So this is the Gift of Life uh, transplant uh, family house uh, that is a home away from home for patients who are awaiting transplant 32 rooms for uh, patients uh, while they're on their transplant journey uh, provides them a, much like a Ronald McDonald house for their family and for the patient during their waiting. So getting their care at the, at the local hospital, uh, it gives a, a nice respite 
the atmosphere of the hospital. Uh, and we actually cook every night. There's a, a volunteer group that comes in uh, called the Home Cooked Heroes uh, that they can interact with the guests who are waiting transplant or received a transplant or coming back into Philadelphia for care. And it supports uh, a lot of uh, families, particularly from the Northeast, who may have to travel to Philadelphia for their transplant care. That's more stress, so it's nice to have something. And it just celebrated its 10th anniversary? Just celebrated the uh, 10th anniversary, and you, you're right. There is a lot of stress, uh, not only for the patient who's waiting, but also for their family and their caregiver. Uh, we've also started a, a caregiver lifeline uh, program where uh, we have trained uh, social workers uh, that specially equipped to help families you know, going through this transplant journey to help them navigate uh, some of the challenges that they may be facing. And how does one become a Gift of Life Ambassador? Well, a Gift of Life Ambassador, uh, you have to just contact uh, our, our volunteer coordinator and uh, really sign up and join. We need more ambassadors, people that have experienced uh, donations, that have experienced transplantation, or who just really understand uh, the cause. More ambassadors that we have to spread the good word of organization donation uh, throughout their community, the more people that will say yes to the donation. So uh, just contact us at www.donorsone.org uh, and click on the ambassadors, and uh, we'll be in contact. Rick, before I let you go, is there anything else that you haven't touched on that you want to make sure that the listeners in our area know about the Gift of Life donor program? Um, I just want to first just say thank you. We're living in such very difficult times with this pandemic, and it's been incredibly humbling for us to know how much support there is still for the mission of organ and tissue donation and families during this time, at their bleakest moment, uh, said yes to organ and tissue donation at the worst possible time for them, uh, and were able to see beyond themselves for their fellow fellow man, and, and were able to reach out and help. And I think just to pause, say thank you to the community for uh, helping their neighbors. It's a, truly a, a human gift, uh, and we are very grateful for the community to have us continue uh, to lead the country in donation. Thanks again to Rick Haz, the CEO of the Gift of Life Donor Program. Now, don't go away. You're not going to want to miss Patty Maletta. She's next on Special Edition. Next on Special Edition, meet Patty Maletta. She's from Music Lakes in Lackawanna County. She received a heart transplant. And if you're driving, you'll want to pull over and hear her story. Patty, it's a pleasure to have you here with me today. And when we talk about the Gift of Life donor program, you are actually going to be, well, in this case, you're going to be the voice of what exactly has happened. I'm sure in many instances, you're also the face of what has happened to you. You had a heart transplant. Can you give us the background on that? Yes, I'd be happy to. In 2003, I was diagnosed with dilated cardiomyopathy, which was caused by a hereditary genetic defect in my family. I lost my mother and my younger sister to this disease and have recently, more recently found out that my daughter also carries this defective gene. 
I started being treated in 2003, and a year later, I was told that I needed to find a heart transplant hospital. So I went down to Hershey Medical Center and started being treated there. Over the years that I was treated there, before I was put on the transplant list, my health began to deteriorate. I'd always been really active in my life and physically fit, but that seemed to be harder as I went along and got sicker. It became difficult to even walk without being out of breath, and I needed so much help doing daily activities that I used to be able to easily do. In 2006, I was told that I needed to go on the heart transplant list. Ooh, now... What was going through your yeah, mind? Yeah, that was scary. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, I can't even imagine um, being told that. So, Patty, what was, what were you thinking at that point in time? And now your daughter's in the mix. Yes, absolutely. I'll never forget that summer day in 2006 when Dr. Bamer, my cardiologist, turned to me and took my hand and he said, Patty, it's time to go on the list. Now, we knew this was the eventual outcome, but those words still made me cry. I had never imagined, even with my mother being ill, that I would ever end up in the situation where I was told that I needed an organ transplant. It was a very scary time, but I trusted my doctors, and each step of the way, I had so much care, and I had great faith that there would be a donor hero for me. I think it was harder to hear that my daughter was also discovered to have this genetic defect and started having symptoms at an earlier age than I did. So as we all know, we're more scared for our children than we are for ourselves. The upside of this is because of the great care that I had at Hershey Medical Center, We immediately got Sarah there, and she has been being treated for a couple of years at an earlier age than any of my family members were. So we have a great hope for her outcome, and I have great faith that if she has to go down the transplant road, that there will be a donor hero for her as well. And I want to talk about the donor hero and your involvement in the Gift of Life donor program, but Before we get into that, you're mentioning the fact that this was due to a genetic condition. So, obviously, those, your mom... Um, We've traced it back to my grandfather, my mother's father, died at the age of 36. This is a genetic defect that has a 50-50 chance of being passed on. And so my mother inherited it from her father. Now, when my mother got the gene, she had a 50-50 chance of passing it on to her children. My brother was fortunate. He did not receive the gene. Unfortunately, my sister and I both received the gene. And so since then, my sister unfortunately passed away before she made it to the transplant list. I made it to the transplant list and was so blessed to receive the gift of life. After my transplant, my sisters and my daughter were tested for the gene, who also had a 50-50 chance of inheriting it. Unfortunately, both of our daughters have and are being treated now, like I said, at an earlier age than any of the rest of us had been. 
Was your mom able to be tested? Actually, no. The testing didn't begin until after my transplant. When I grew up and helped take care of my sick mother, we had no idea that this was something that would be passed on because my sister and I weren't sick at an early age. So we were not aware of this. Only after I had my transplant and Sarah was in her 20s and thinking about having children of her own that my cardiologist had suggested maybe we ought to have genetic testing. That's how we could back up the history of because this is a gene that had to have been passed on. And if it isn't passed on, the good news is it's not a recessive gene so that my brother can't pass it on to his children because he didn't receive it. And that is probably one of the biggest things that people in our generation, because the generation that went before didn't have that advantage of testing and knowing exactly what was going on when they became ill. So probably in your mom's case, it was, well, she's getting older, so they attribute it to old age. And genetic testing doesn't really come into play because you had you heard about that before? No, you were absolutely you were absolutely correct about that. When my cardiologist suggested it, I had never even thought of it. I had never even put two and two together and said, oh, I must have gotten this from my mother. You know, and I didn't know my grandfather. He died at a young age before I was even a twinkle in my parents' eyes. So I don't think that back then with the medical expertise, they did not think like that. Now with genetic testing available, it's an amazing avenue to be able to find this, find all kinds of diseases earlier and be able to attack it medically. And and that's been a good thing for both my daughter and my niece. Right. Because again, when we're talking about that, you hear a lot about that with cancer, breast cancer, colon cancer, different cancers. But this is the first time that I'm really hearing about it when it comes to a heart condition. Yes. It's a wonderful Relatively new, I will say. Now, I'm not a medical expert, but it is an amazing... Patty, I'm sure you are a medical expert. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you very much. I try my best to keep up on it. There's been even so many new technologies since the 15 years that I received my gift of life. So it's a pretty amazing thing to look at. And I know that you understand some of the heart disease things and because you've dealt with things in your life as well. So in your family's life. Yes, absolutely. So let's get into the gift of life donor program, because as you said, you didn't expect to be on the wait list. Had you ever been approached to be an organ donor or even agreed to it on your uh, driver's license, which is one way to register? That is the only way to register when I was 16. I've been a registered organ and tissue donor since I was 16 and received my driver's license. Now, that was before there was computers, and that was the only way that I was aware of that you could sign up to be an organ and tissue donor. They asked you when you got your driver's license. I always just thought it was the right thing to do, and never in a million years did I imagine that one day... I would be the recipient of a heart transplant. And now it's even easier than ever because you can go right online and register. 
Yes, absolutely. So there's there's so many more avenues that you travel. And when you got involved, where did and when did the Gift of Life donor program actually become a part of your life? Four or five years ago, I had actually caught on social media that there was uh, there was a quilt display at our local hospital featuring donor families, and I was intrigued. I did not know that there was a local program to be involved in. So I had just gone to the hospital to look at this quilt, and I was so touched. I was in tears. When I was there, I got to meet a couple donor families. What the donor quilts are is they make these beautiful squares of their family member that they lost. I got to hear stories about what the quilt piece meant to them. There was pictures, there were sayings, there were Mickey Mouse ears because the person loved to go to Disney World. I got to know a little bit better about some of the people that were donors and donor heroes to other people. While I was there, I met Susan Kumar, who is the coordinator of our local NEPA chapter here and instantly was compelled to join and do as much as I possibly could. In that effect, I was able to share my story and go to hospitals and thank the medical staff that work so diligently with both recipients and donors and donor families and advocate for donor awareness that there's always a need and what what a legacy we can all live just as easily as signing up to be a registered donor. It's just been one of the great passions of my life since I found out that this was something I could actually go out and do. And now pay it back by giving others the strength from what you have gone through to help them as they go along the process. When you found out that you were going to have to go on to the list, and this is one of those things, Patty, that's still tough this day. Sometimes people are told you have to wait. They're not available. Where were you in all of that? Were you told, Patty, you've got a 50-50 chance or how did that work? My doctors were very optimistic with me, which I really appreciated. I think with everyone, it might be different. And I know that people waiting for a kidney transplant probably have one of the hardest roads of waiting because some of them can wait for years. When I went on the list, I did not know how long it would take. Now, I'm very fortunate. My blood type is a universal blood type. So I was open to any blood type as far as a heart went. I didn't wait long. I was in the hospital, obviously in very critical condition. And the uh, call came in while I was in the hospital. And they said there was a heart available. It was a very scary time to hear that. I took it a day at a time while I was waiting, but... Again, you never know, so it always catches you off guard. But I was very happy to be able to hear that news because when I was in the hospital the last time, I don't think I was coming out without a new heart. We hear stories of people who receive organs. We hear pe- we hear stories of people who donate organs. Did you hear anything of your donor hero? 
Oh, I would love to share with you about my donor hero. I'm so grateful every day for what him and his family did. And I would love to read you a little bit about the letter I received from his mom. Please. She said, my son was a very vivacious young man. He was the type of person who never met a stranger. He was full of life and looked forward to each day with wonder and amazement. His greatest passion was fishing. His smile brightened the world around him. He enjoyed school and had a passion for learning. I find solace and peace knowing that even in death, my youngest son was able to give someone the gift of life through organ and tissue donation. I am very proud of my decision, and I wear a green Donate Life pin to signify my son's giving spirit. We want you to know about his love for life, his caring spirit, and the joy that he brought to our lives. That's a pretty amazing legacy to carry on. Wow. Right? Wow. That is, it, it's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. I received that in 2008, and as you can tell, it still makes me emotional. Absolutely. Well, again, Patty, I I think that people who hear you talk and hear your experience and hear hear how someone reached out to you and they must have had and thinking of how they must have had such a difficult time with what they went through what an inspiration it is an inspiration you're an inspiration why thank you paula (laughs) i think that's the hardest part about receiving a heart transplant is the mixed emotions i woke up healthy and grateful but i was also heartbroken knowing that a family had just lost a a loved one and made the generous decision to give the gift of life to others. So I have to share his story and our story because I am so grateful because every day is a gift because of him. I, I don't even know what to say to you, Patty, other than you are truly an inspiration and uh, you were described as lightning in a bottle. And now I understand exactly <laughs> why. <laughs> Before I have to let you go, is there anything that you would like to once again reemphasize for our listeners, tell our listeners, encourage our listeners? I'm just going to open the microphone and say, Patty, take it. Thank you, Paula. I am so proud of our area. As I'm sure Richard has already talked about, we have the most generous area in the nation of registered donors. And because of that, lives have been saved. Other lives have been enhanced. We don't always think about cornea donation. Can you imagine giving the gift of sight to somebody? That's amazing. There's also muscle and tissue donation that help others live better lives because of you. You can leave a legacy by registering to be an organ donor. There are so many out there, 5,000 in our area, that are still on the list for a life-saving transplant. It's easy to help, and I think it'll help your families, and you can be so proud of yourself for doing such an amazing thing. It doesn't only touch the recipient's lives, but it touches everybody that I know around me because I am here to celebrate life with them. 
Thank you so much, Paula, for having me. And thank you for everyone out there that's a registered donor. Thank you, Patty, and continued success. You can go to donors1.org for more information. VA Help, next on Special Edition Edition, News for Veterans. Jennifer Spittler, Regional Program Outreach Coordinator, Northeast Pennsylvania Region, Pennsylvania Department of Military and Veterans Affairs, says the VA could use your help. Jennifer, we're going to get all of the latest happenings at the VA, and you are involved in such a big area here in Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm just going to turn it right over to you. Where do we start? Thanks, Paula. Um, Thanks for having me on. So I did want to just, there's a very important piece here to talk about specifically that's coming in from the VA um, down in Wilkes-Barre. They're currently recruiting volunteer drivers um, for their transportation network. Transportation, anybody knows that lives in northeastern Pennsylvania, it can be a huge challenge if someone is homebound or has a lot of medical appointments and unable to travel to those appointments. Um, It can also be very costly. So, you know, one of the things that the VA Medical Center recognized is they need to recruit um, drivers for more locations. So they're specifically looking for drivers in the Allentown area, uh, Clark Summit, Honesdale, Jim Thorpe, Shemokin, Scranton, Stroudsburg, Tamaqua, Williamsport, and Wilkes-Barre. So they're all throughout um, the area. Um, there, there definitely is a great need. Um, I know that is probably one of the most common things I hear, not only from veterans and family members themselves, but our veteran advocates that it really is the greatest need for meeting their medical appointments, even grocery shopping, um, all of those things. The, the biggest is the medical appointments. So um, if you are interested in becoming a volunteer uh, driver with the VA, you can call 570-821-7237 for the VA Voluntary Services uh, to learn more about that opportunity. Jennifer, we're going to come back to that later. I'll have you reiterate that later on in our discussion. But this sure. is also another time of the year where you have reminders for veterans. And what are some of those? Yes. So this is a great time. The beginning of the year, we always like to remind veterans asking if they know where their DD-214 is, if they know where that form um, is, and if they do, to make sure it's filed in a safe place. So if they, when they left the military and moved back home, maybe somebody might not have mentioned or didn't realize, but you can file that document um, with your county courthouse of records for free. Um, so we always want to remind veterans that that is an option. It's secure. Um, that way, if you ever, you know, this is the best time if you're thinking, I don't really need it, that's when you need to do it because, you know, never know um, what life may bring your way. Um, and, and having that secured somewhere um, safe in that way, electronically saved, um, can be used for you in the future. The other that we always like to remind veterans of this time of year is to check with an accredited veteran service officer in your area, whether it be at the County Veterans Affairs Office or a local veteran service organization, and meet with that service officer to talk about getting the most benefits that you're receiving. If you're not receiving any, um, this is a great time to start learning about what is out there. You know, and there's a a lot of information. It's overwhelming at times, and this is kind of why we suggest um, to meet with an accredited service officer. They've gone through rigorous training, continuous education to know about all of those different benefits, federal and state, um, and how to apply for them. 
If you're interested in learning more about how to apply for those benefits and where to contact your local veteran service officer, you can call our toll-free number at the DMVA, 1-800-547-2838. Now, of course, we're into a brand new year. Anything new that uh, veterans need to know about coming up this year, whether it has to do with taxes or filing paperwork or anything else, because we know how quickly things can change everywhere. Yes, if you were already um, qualifying for the um, real estate tax benefit that the state offers as one of the benefits, um, you may get a reminder um, from where you filed it with your County Veterans Affairs Office, um, you'll get a notification in the mail. But if you haven't done that or you're curious if you're eligible for that, um, of course, this is a good time of year. You can do that as well from that same um, 1-800 number, 1-800-547-2838. Jennifer, when we're talking about veterans, we always like to take the opportunity to give them the best information we can, especially when it comes to their health and when it comes to needing help. And that includes, unfortunately, we're still hearing cases of rising numbers of veteran suicide. Yeah, Paula, thank you. I'm so glad that you brought that up, too. Um, As always, on the forefront of what we always are talking about, especially in northeastern Pennsylvania, um, is addressing um, and hopefully preventing um, veteran suicide. If, however, um, you are having thoughts of harming yourself or having difficulty, just want to talk to somebody, um, there is a veterans crisis line. That number is 1-800-273. 8255. Again, that number is 1-800-273-8255. The work that we're doing in Northeastern Pennsylvania, we're really looking at trying to um, provide more outreach opportunities through a lot of different ways. So um, I'm sure we'll be talking again in the spring when there's no more snow. There's a lot of events that we're looking at um, getting people together really address this issue. And I know sometimes you also have events that are on Zoom or are online. And is there a way that someone would be able to get all of that information? Because I know you're great when it comes to getting the information out there. So is there some way people should contact you to get on a list? Visit our website at www.dm va.pa.gov. And on the front page, you'll see a tile that says Veteran Registry. And that, there's a um, digest that gets delivered every week. Um, I think it's every Wednesday in your email. And it has all of the different things happening throughout the Commonwealth, as well as the country related to veterans issues. Um, And then if you are interested in looking at employment opportunities or want to share opportunities your business has and you want to target veterans, we have had those requests too, you can certainly add that information on the registry and we will share it widely. Um, The same goes for events. If there's an outreach event or um, special event hosting for veterans in your area that you want to promote, that is something we can go do through the registry that would be distributed on our email listserv. And one more time, let's go back to what we started with, and that was for the um, volunteer drivers. If someone is still interested or is becoming interested in doing that again, what's the contact information for that? Yes. If you want to be a volunteer driver with the Wilkes-Barre VA Medical Center, it's 570-821-7237. Jennifer, thank you. Always a pleasure. Likewise. Stay safe, healthy, and have fun. 
Thanks as always to Jennifer Spittler giving us the great information that all veterans can use and find out how you can be a volunteer. Next up, Mike Price. He's VSO with AMVETS and he will be helping homeless vets this weekend by getting necessary hygiene products. If you can't make it this weekend, he'll tell you how you can help anytime. We are uh, hosting a a fundraiser for uh, AMVETS and FSB. And what we're doing is collecting uh, hygiene products for homeless veteran outreach project that we do. We go out once a month and uh, we look for homeless veterans. Also, the president of the FSB and I go out looking at least once a week, sometimes more, uh, and we look for these people and we get volunteers once a month to go out and give them hygiene, clothes, uh, thermals, blankets, sleeping bags, tents, whatever they need. But our ultimate goal is to try to get them off the street. So when you're doing something like this, you you mentioned a few of the things. What are you looking for people to donate to you? Shampoo, soap, shaving cream, razors, toothbrushes, mouthwash, toothpaste, things like that. And if they can't give you something like that, how about monetary donations? We do take monetary donations um, and we can go out and buy those things for them. Checks or money orders can be sent to AMVETS Post 59 in Hanover Township uh, regarding the hygiene drive. And uh, the address for that is 578 Fellows Avenue, Hanover Township, Pennsylvania, 18706. And if it turns out that someone can drop off items, where do they do that? We have three drop-off locations set up. Uh, The first one would be uh, AMVETS in Hanover Township on Fellows Ave. Uh, There's also the Black Diamond American Legion that's on uh, Wyoming Ave in Kingston. And there's also uh, the VFW Post 1425, and that's in Plymouth on Route 11. And do you ever need volunteers? We're always looking for volunteers. Donations and volunteers are how we operate. Nobody ever gets paid to do this. It's all volunteer work. Uh, So the more we have, the more that we can get out there. Uh, If we have a homeless veteran outreach, if we have 10 people, we can send five to one location, five to another location. So the more we have, the more locations we can hit in a day. Now, what happens if someone can't make it to drop off items on Saturday, February 5th? And this is happening between 11 and 3. Well, we... Always have drop-off for that. Uh, we will always take a donation. They can do it beforehand. They can do it afterward. Uh, we're just having the main collection days on the, on that specific, or the main collection times at, uh, on that day, February 5th. Did we mention clothing at all? Because I know sometimes, especially now in the wintertime, maybe uh, things like gloves, boots, anything like that? Well, again, we do take those kind of donations as well. We generally have uh, donation drives for those things. We actually just did what we call a giving tree uh, right before Christmas, and we got a lot of donations, and we thank everybody for those. So we are pretty good on uh, winter clothes. We'll probably be doing a a summer-slash-spring clothes drive coming up here soon because we are running a little bit low on those kind of clothing. 
Mike, if you don't mind, one more time, let's just have you give all of the information as far as what you're looking for, where people can drop things off, or monetary donations where they can also send those or drop those off as well. We're doing the uh, hygiene drive on February 5th. Um, there are three drop-off locations, our AMVETS Post 59 in Hanover Township on Fellows Ave, Black Diamond American Legion in Kingston on Wyoming Ave, and VFW Post 1425 on Route 11 in Plymouth. Uh, monetary donations could be mailed to AMVETS Post 59 regarding hygiene product drive, 578 Fellows Ave, Hanover Township, Pennsylvania, 18706. And as far as items, we're looking for shampoo, soap, toothpaste, uh, toothbrushes, things like that for basic hygiene. And if by some chance any of the vets might be listening today, can they reach out to you? Yes, they can. My phone number is 570-709-5885. Or my email address is mprice at amvetspa.org. And I'd be willing to help any homeless veteran or even a veteran that needs uh, assistance from the VA in any other way as well. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas... Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.